0: This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Teagan Taylor.
1: And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. Happy Good Friday to all Coronacasters. It's Friday, the 2nd of April, 2021.
0: It's a very good Friday for those of us who live in the greater Brisbane area because we found out yesterday that our restrictions have more or less completely lifted. There's some little restrictions still in place, but the lockdown that we were under for a couple of days has gone and so we're able to partake in Easter festivities if that is what we want to do, which is great. I mean, personally, I'm stoked.
1: And do you think it was necessary, Tegan?
0: I mean, I'm I'm no epidemiologist, but it was looking pretty sketchy a couple of days ago. Like there were large numbers of cases that sort of seemed to come from people who had been infectious in the community and there was more than one cluster at play. I think either we got really lucky with those cases or probably both of these things and or Queensland Health has done a really good job of pinning that down. So I don't know, Norman, what do you think? Like the next couple of weeks... I'm yes. conflicted
1: in this one because okay. <laughs> vicariously I was in lockdown as well. But in Sydney at one o'clock yesterday, I was pretty good, glad to get out, although it was nothing like quarantine. And who are we to complain, given that uh, Victoria went through this for three months? So it's a small price to pay. Look, I think that it was wise just to put a pause on it. And uh, we've got the implications for northern New South Wales now, though, with cancelling the Blues Festival. So you just can't forget for a minute how impactful. Human behaviour is lapses in the system. This virus will just find ways through cracks in the system and try and win out in the end with enormous impact on communities and individuals.
0: Well, we know that most of the cases that have been emerging in the last day or two have been linked back to the cases that they know leaked from the hospital, the PA hospital here in Brisbane. So that's really good. But it is still pretty early days in a sense. Like, Norman, could we expect to see more cases popping up in the next few days?
1: Yeah, as we record this, there are rumours of more cases in New South Wales. Hopefully, those are just rumours which are not true. New South Wales is the worry because that's where it could be spreading in the community, and the fact that they had a good day yesterday does not necessarily mean that that's going to continue. And there are more people in northern New South Wales for tourism reasons, even though the Festival's been cancelled. So it is just a bit of a worry in New South Wales. And there still could be cases popping up in Queensland. Unlikely. I think they probably tied it down, but that virus was circulating for quite a long time before it popped up. And there are two more spreading instances as well.
0: And of course the backdrop to all of this is this frustration that vaccines maybe haven't been rolling out as quickly as well then they haven't been rolling out as quickly as we were originally told. We were originally told we'd have four million vaccines out by April. We're in April now. So Where are the vaccines? What do we know about the next phase of the vaccine rollout?
1: Well, we know that only a third of aged care has been immunised in Queensland, probably similar to other states as well, and that's been a Commonwealth responsibility and it doesn't seem to have happened. Extraordinarily, aged care workers have not been included in that process unless there's been vaccine left over when people have come to immunise the aged care residents. So there's a long way to go with aged care. General practice is still ramping up. General practice has been informed quite late about what they're going to be supplied with. They were quite late to be informed about what the remuneration was and organized. I know that some large organizations in general practice have found themselves with the wrong resources in the wrong place. You could say, well, that's just teething issues, but it's just been a litany of miscommunication with general practice. The other information that's come out over the last couple of days is the extent of the shortfall of Astra and Pfizer from overseas due to the Europeans blocking export, and the Commonwealth saying that's about 3.1, 3.2 million doses. That's quite a big shortfall. It could explain some of this, but they haven't been terribly open about that, and I think people would understand if that was the situation. But there's also been erratic supply and probably more unpredictability than you might hope for at this point.
0: So are we going to hit our targets or what? Well, yesterday I actually heard
1: some information that was quite optimistic. The original target for daily dosage was about 200,000 a day and we're now at about 100,000. And I've been assuming, and we've talked about it before, that we add in the 3 million, we're down, and so the 200,000 a day becomes, you know, 300,000 a day or whatever the story might be, and therefore there's a very significant gap there. Some people are saying that, in fact, if we did get to 200,000 a day, we could still meet the target of 80% of the population immunised by October. I haven't double-checked those figures, but if that's true, then that's great news and we will achieve our targets even with these early hiccups.
0: That is good news. I think that's more than I was calculating when I was looking at those numbers. How do we compare to the rest of the world?
1: Well, if you look at the global index of how many vaccines have been distributed per capita, in fact, per 100 of the population, then Israel is at the top of that list with 115 out of 100. And the reason it's more than 100 is that they've completed immunizations on a high percentage of the population. UK is 51.8 per 100. America is 44 per 100. And Australia has just entered the top 50, but don't get too excited, at only 2.1 per 100. The other interesting feature of the rollout globally is, if you like, how much it's accelerating and increasing. And Israel has actually stalled. They're finding it very hard to immunize the last 40% of their population. There's a lot of vaccine resistance, which is really due to the ultra-Orthodox community in Israel. It's not a normal distribution of secular people is a very high proportion of the population who are really quite religious. And for ideological reasons, it's nothing to do with the Jewish religion, they're resistant to vaccines, measles and others. So they're finding it very hard to penetrate what's quite an entrenched anti-vax sense in Israel. And you know, as these countries do get to 70 odd percent, they are just going to see more resistance in a group of hesitant people.
0: When we were originally hearing from the World Health Organization when vaccines were on the horizon, we heard numbers like 30 percent of the global population would need to be vaccinated for us to have good coverage internationally. Is that something that we've got figures on whether that's going to be likely yet?
1: I think the general assumption is that 30 percent is far too few, because just imagine Then, if you've got 30% on average, then that means low income countries have got very low coverage because countries like Australia are going to end up somewhere between 70 and 80%, hopefully higher. And then people say, COVAX was saying, well, we need to get to 20% of low income countries covered. That is not going to be enough to control the pandemic. We are seeing in Europe a huge surge, third or fourth wave. I've lost count of the number of waves. I think it's a fourth wave in Europe you're seeing significant increases around the world of COVID-19 because people are inadequately vaccinated. And also you've got these new variants emerging like the UK one, which is in Spain, for example, it's 60 or 70% of the new infections. So it's just running riot. And 20% is just going to be a drop in the bucket in terms of immunisation. We've got to get to a level which is 70, 80% globally.
0: So the other thing that the vaccine rollout globally has really been focused on is immunising adults. But we've got some new information that was released in the last day or two from Pfizer about how well their vaccine works in younger adolescents.
1: Yeah, why don't you tell us those results, Tegan?
0: Yeah. So Pfizer yesterday, it was a press release. There's not a lot of detail there, but they've tested their vaccine in 12 to 15 year olds and they found that it does have really good protection against disease. Basically what they did is there was like 2,200 adolescents between 12 and 15 years of age in the US and they saw 18 cases of COVID-19 in the placebo group. So the ones that didn't get the vaccine and none in the vaccinated group. So it's a pretty small study compared to the size of the phase three studies we've seen internationally but the other good thing to see because obviously when we're talking about younger people we're sometimes worried that it's going to have health harms basically they saw the same kinds of side effects as they see in people between 16 to 25 years of age so it seems to be well tolerated as well as being effective
1: next pregnant women
0: yeah, and younger kids as well. So they were also talking about a phase one, two, three study. So it's a study that's trying to do a lot of different things at once in kids aged between six months and 11 years of age. So I'm not sure when those results are coming out, but that'll be really interesting too.
1: Well, that's it for our Good Friday CoronaCast. Now, we, with your permission, Casters, we're going to take a week off. We're going to have a long weekend and... If anything big happens over the weekend, we'll come back on. But at the moment, next week we'll be away. Will is off walking in the wilderness. Where are you off to, Tegan?
0: I'll be sticking around at home, working in my garden, and staying well away from my microphone.
1: And me? I'll still be at work. But you (laughs) all have a great Easter weekend and a great Easter week. We'll be back if we need to be, but we'll see you on Monday the 12th.
0: That's right. And in the meantime, as always, send in your questions, comments, whatever you like at abc.net.au slash coronacast.
1: See you a week on Monday.
0: See you then.